The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me first begin by thanking you for the invitation to be with you today. A chance to celebrate with you as you have your, I guess, your back uh, to church uh, festivities this afternoon. Uh, and especially to thank you uh, from uh, the children and staff of El Ogar in Honduras uh, for your support and dedication uh, to the wonderful ministry that is taking place uh, in Honduras. Uh, I am the executive director of this program and have been doing so for uh, almost six months and feel as if I am witnessing to um, truly a miracle uh, taking place in the lives of children uh, who are working and struggling through very difficult conditions. However, uh, when I am not in Honduras, I am in Bernardsville, New Jersey, uh, and I have uh, the regular habit of going to the train station on Saturday mornings. As is the case uh, with a number of my neighbors and friends, we go there for the farmer's market. Uh, and the parking lot of the Bernardsville train station, which is normally full uh, with commuter cars heading into the city, uh, is covered in white tents and fresh vegetables and that wonderful New Jersey corn 
uh, is displayed in front of us. Uh, and it is part of, of my weekly routine that I truly enjoy. Um, yet as I arrive there on those Saturday mornings, nine or ten o'clock after having my coffee and read the paper, uh, and I arrive there to admire the vegetables, I see out of the corner of my eye uh, groups of young men, mostly, I believe, from, from Central America, who gather off in a different corner of that parking lot, uh, who are sharing a piece of fruit or sharing a piece of bread. Uh, I watch them as one scrapes away at the silver uh, that covers a prize beneath a lottery card. And I watch them as they uh, engage in the world around them. And we engage in the world around us as we arrive with, with our car doors that, stands, that shut so solidly and so tightly and our engines that are so quiet uh, and, uh, and efficient. And that doesn't seem to draw their attention. What draws their attention, those who are gathered on that corner, is, is the rattle. It's that rattle that you all hear uh, when the lawn maintenance um, pickup trucks and trailers uh, drive down your streets. It's the rattle of lawn equipment and leaf blowers uh, on the back of a pickup truck or on a trailer uh, that alerts them. Uh, and they lift up their head, uh, indeed, indeed hoping for the opportunity for a day's, uh, a day's work uh, and a day's wage at a day's work. Um, but it's interesting, though, by the time my wife and I pull up to this train station, uh, it is nine or ten o'clock in the morning. And most of you know that those who are doing the work in um, landscaping or day labor type of work have long gone by then. Uh, they leave at six or seven to start their their jobs in our yards or in our in our fields uh, much earlier than that. And so I'm curious when I see them at nine or ten in the morning, what is their their task for the day? What is their hope? They look expectantly as they see those trailers bounce down the, the potted roads of, of Bernardsville. They look expectantly, but I'm not sure whether or not at that point in the day, whether or not they will find work. I suppose they're hoping uh, that someone will stop and offer them a job at a day's a day's wage, uh, a, a day's job at a day's wage. Uh, but I don't think most of those who have arrived at the train station or are sitting there at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, have any real hopes of finding good work for that day. Uh, most of them don't have much choice in terms of what lies ahead for them for the remainder of that day. And so it occurred to me that really the vision that the landlord of our gospel today that we hear couldn't really be all that much different than what we see in our train stations or wherever the laborers gather here in Massachusetts. It couldn't have been that much different. As Jesus looked out across the market, as he envisions the landlord looking out across the market, what he sees are groups of men gathered in spaces who are looking to earn the money to take home to them. And I imagine that any of you who have traveled uh, as a volunteer group to Honduras or wherever else, you may have had the opportunity to travel with uh, some sort of mission group. You probably know that, that the hand tools uh, and the tools being used in the environment of those day laborers really probably hasn't changed much 
over the course of 2,000 years. They're very simple hand tools, hoes and picks and shovels, uh, much of which a variation uh, was in use in the time of Christ as he was telling this story. Very basic tools. And that's because the role of that day labor, the role of the of the individual working in the vineyard is a very labor intensive role. It's it's hard labor for a long day and usually for not very much money. Um, But as those who were found waiting at the train station or those who were found waiting in the market looking for uh, the next ride or the next piece of work, the hard labor at low pay is better than no labor and no pay. And that's a reality uh, that as well we can relate to as we see our economy struggling and the economy in Honduras struggling uh, equally uh, in an equally poor manner. And it is a pain uh, that probably we all at least have some familiarity with. And so I look at this story and I wonder then, who, who are the ones picked first? Who are the ones that are picked first of that crowd that is gathered at the market that day? Who are the ones that are picked first and who are the ones that are left behind? Well, the landlord is going to come. And he is going to hire those that he thinks are going to be able to do the job in the most efficient, productive means possible. He is going to choose the young men. He is going to choose the healthy men. He is going to choose those who have been able to have a meal the night before and had a meal before they arrive at work that day. He is going to choose those who have been chosen before to do the work in his vineyard. Because they are healthy, because they have their own tools, because their wife and children can bring them a meal in the middle of the day to the field, because they can be productive, because they can do their job well and do it quickly. So it begs a question then, doesn't it? Who wasn't chosen? Who was left at the end of the day when the landlord comes back for that final time? Well, they were the older ones. They were the ones who were suffering from an illness or some physical mutilation, maybe like someone who lost his fingers or hands when the Tower of Siloam fell or something along those lines. They were the ones left behind who who had to live off scraps of food, who didn't have family to bring them a lunch. And so they had to steal grapes from the vineyard that they were harvesting in order to make it through the day. They were the ones in the back of the line. They were the ones who waited. And you can see and you can feel the fear in their hearts as they wait time after time in the back of the line of those who are going out to work. I mean, it's those sad moments where we all have those moments uh, that, that, that haunt us from our grade school days, and one of which is always that point in which teams are picked on the playground. Uh, you never want to be the last one uh, picked on the playground and those are fears and and things that sit with us through all of our life that fear of being left behind and somehow or another we try and find our way through that don't we we figure out how it works and and so we say to the person standing next to us when those teams are picked we say if you get picked 
tell them to pick me. We say that and we learn that's sort of how the system kind of works. And we say that all the way through our life. If we have an aunt in the admissions department at a school, we whisper to her to help us get in. If we have an uncle in a business, we whisper to him to help us get in. And that's how it works. If you get picked, tell them to pick me. And we find our way through life that way. But those who are at the end of the line, those who are waiting in the afternoon at the train station, at that point, they have no one to whisper to. They have seen that defeat. They live with that type of desperation all of their life. And one thinks that the not even yelling would be of use to them. Not even yelling would be of use to them. When it happens again and again, defeat, desperation seems more a comfortable companion than an adversary adversary when there was no one else to go. But the beauty of our gospel and the beauty of our Lord and the beauty of our God is that the landlord comes back and comes back and comes back again and again, each time taking more people, taking more people to do the hard work that is before them. Every few hours, a few more were taken, climbing into the back of that pickup truck and bouncing their way along that dusty road. And that by the end of the day, all were taken, all were taken and all had worked and each according to his abilities. The harvest had to happen and the workers had to get it done. And so the day ends and the day ends. And those of you who have worked in the fields know that the day ends not with a whistle or a horn or a punching of a time clock, but the day ends when the work is done. And so the day ends and then comes that miraculous moment when they go and they receive their cash. When they go to receive their payment and you know the order in which it happens. But I think it's important to at least consider that the person who was hired last paid first, did not stick around very long to hear the grumbling. He did not stick around to hear the murmuring that went on after he left. Because those who were paid last, hired last, paid first, those who were hired last and paid first, had homes to return to and they had work to be done. And I'd like to think This is my spiritual optimism that sort of haunts me sometimes because I'd like to think that maybe that one worker who was hired last and paid first skipped on his way home. I'd like to think he stopped and picked up some flowers and maybe an inexpensive Shiraz to share with his wife on his way home. But that's me in my naive way because he couldn't. Because... This is what he does every day. This is a day's work. And he got a day's wage. It wasn't a lottery. It was a day's work and a day's wage. And this is what he needed to pay his family, to pay his bill, to buy his food, uh, and to live one more day in his household. It's all he got was a day's wage for a day's work. He went there looking for that, and that is what he got. So home that evening, I imagine, wasn't a whole lot different than it was on any other day. 
except that he could buy a little bit more food and provide a little bit more for his family. Firewood had to be gathered, water had to be bought from the stream, and life goes on. But in the sad reality of that is the miracle of our God. It is the miraculous nature of God. Because there is no one among us. There is no one among us who doesn't know that experience of waiting at the end of the line. There is no one among us who doesn't know that experience of being broken. That is our commonality. That sense of being broken. And what God offers to us is our restoration. Our egos. Our egos may want elevation. We may want to be promoted ahead of everyone else and show them something. But what God offers us is restoration. Restoration, not elevation. And so those among us, the reason we are here is to seek that restoration on an individual level. We seek that restoration. We know it from our grief. We know it from our brokenness, whether it's financial or otherwise. We know that need for restoration. And God comes back to that marketplace. God comes back to that marketplace again and again and again until everyone has an opportunity to know the building up of that kingdom. And that, on a corporate level, is part of what happens at El Ogar in Honduras as well. If you imagine the day laborers at the end of the line and those who are chosen last here in the United States, it is their children that we care for in Honduras. It is those who are the children of those who are chosen last that we provide food for, that we provide medicine for, that we provide dental care for and education for. Uh, And it is not an elevation over and above, but it is a restoration. It is what God wants for them. And it is the very same thing that God wants for you and God wants for all of humanity. What I love most about the God of our story today is that persistence and that determination to not let the least of these go unattended to. To not let the least of these go attended to. And so let it be our prayer and our hope that we welcome God in that invitation. And that this world and this kingdom that God so lovingly wants to restore may be done through our hands as well. Amen.